Season four, Santana Lopez. I'm excited for this. Uh, of course, Santana is going to uh, jump into the season a little bit later than some of her other friends, but still a lot to get into here. Uh, not just season four. We're going to get a little bit into season five as well, as we are in officially part three of the Santana Lopez character study. I'm on season four Santana. It's a whole new Santana, kind of. Yes, an entirely new Santana. This girl is on Pfizer, bitch. I mean, ooh. I Pfizer. Did not mean to, I literally did not mean to make that joke. I mean, I she's probably a Pfizer queen, but... <laughs> I know. I feel like Santana would not get the vaccine. I think that we talked no. about this before. I feel like she is very much she like... She 100% gets getting the vaccine. She's not an idiot. No, I think that she thinks that she can beat it. I, I, I think that she thinks I that disagree. she's that much of a badass. Like, disagree. I, like she, I don't think she's not getting it because she doesn't think it's effective. I think she doesn't get it because she thinks that, bitch, I'm good. It's like I've had mono so many times it's turned into stereo. Like that's the kind of Britney's also energy. too smart though, so she would be like, "You, you need to get this." <laughs> I don't even think Britney would even know what a vaccine is. To be honest, yeah, she'd be like, "I've, I don't know, <laughs> vaccine, yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't know, know what you, you would say. whatever." Um, but this girl is on Pfizer. Yes, and on fire, baby. So season four, season four, Santana Lopez. Uh, let's get right on into it. Of course, uh, as we left in season three, graduation has come and gone. Uh, Santana's mom gave her some money that she had been, you know, saving up for her saying, you know, just do with it what you want. If it's not college, it's not college. Follow your dreams. If that means going to New York to, you know, pursue this dream of fame that you have, then you know what, whatever makes you happy. So uh, we get to see her in season four. She's actually away at school. So she did end up going to uh, the University of Louisville, which is the school that she had the scholarship to, right? That's the one that Brittany and Sue had like hooked her up with the scholarship for, pretty sure. Yep. Um, so she's, she is away at school. Uh, her and Brittany are still together, um, but it doesn't seem like they're communicating a whole lot, which is going to be the big point of this early part of the season, that Brittany is missing Santana really badly, but we're not seeing Santana at all. Uh, we're just seeing Brittany moving on with, not moving on, just like adapting to life without Santana here 24-7. She's, you know, with the rest of the Glee kids. Uh, she's trying to, you know, hop on some Skype calls with her just to kind of catch up and spend lady time together. Uh, but uh, Santana doesn't seem to have a whole lot of time to chat. And uh, I mean, this is a Britney 2.0 episode is heavily about Britney in such a downward spiral without Santana by her side. And she's just, you know, she's not answering all the Skype calls that she's she's busy. She's at college. Yeah, uh, it's it definitely. I remember the beginning of this season. Everyone just wondering, where is she? Where is she? We want to see Santana because every episode they would, you know, have the main cast as their names would scroll across the screen. And Aya Rivera's name would be there. And they're like, we see her, but she's not here. The lies, the lies. Um, but we do see that, yeah, she's she's still around. Um, Brittany is missing her hardcore. She's kind of missing Brittany too. But they, she's at she's in uh, Louisville. She's in Kentucky. So it's kind of, I mean, they're right next to each other. But it's kind of hard to keep going back and forth. It's like what, like a two to three hour trip each time. So it's just like, ugh, you know. So they really are having a difficult time trying to finesse their schedules together to really um, capture that couple feeling that they had at the end of season three 
And to, to, you know, further your point about, you know, we were like wondering where she is. I mean, yeah, she season three, huge season for Santana, like the season where we were like, okay, this is who we're watching Glee for, or so many fans were were feeling that way. And then all of a sudden season four starts. It's like, where is she? Like, you said she's going to be here waiting for it to happen. Um, But she does, of course, you know, uh, show back up here. Uh, We're going to see. Um, the, the, the big episode here, the breakup, it's going to be where Britanna, who had spent two very happy seasons together for the most part, you know, season two, I don't know if that counts as like a half season, but whatever. Uh, we're going to see just how things are not going so great. And, uh, as we've talked about while we watched this episode, um, of all the couples that are kind of figuring out the next step in their lives and their relationships, uh, Brittany and Santana are going to go a long way here. Santana specifically to kind of, uh, maturely call a bit of a break here, uh, as again, they both go into kind of two different directions. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, Santana, you know, she sort of, um, I mean, she's, she's been in the school or like at least was it no she she talked to Britney beforehand on webcam so we got to see a little bit of her there but then the first time that we really get to see her is when Britney is kind of going through like a really rough time and she's joining all these clubs and then they go to this dumbass uh no one or what, what was this the Christian club where they do the fake yeah, rapture the left behind club whatever the left behind club or something like that and Britney's like that's what it felt like when you left and I think that was when Santana was like all right we have to talk and so she invites her into the choir room pretty much tells her about an experience that she had um, over at school. Like, she had a small attraction. She didn't cheat on Brittany, but it was like, you know, obviously she's still a a, a living, breathing human being who's going to be attracted to other people, and that could probably happen to Brittany as well. In fact, it kind of already is. Like, we kind of already see a little bit of flirtation between Brittany and Sam in episode two of this season. So um, she's like, I think that we really just need to do the, the best thing for both of us and just decide to call it quits for now it's not an official breakup but we're going to be on a bit of a break because we should both be able to have the experiences that we want to have and of course this is all coupled with that beautiful performance of mine which is so good it's so good yeah, and britney's like uh, you know because santana's like it's not a breakup she's like it feels a lot like a breakup to me so uh and and it is i hard always to love you the most it's hard to disagree that it, it feels like a breakup or, you know, whatever, because it's definitely, you know, in that vein. They were trying to make it work. Santana was making trips home seemingly regularly. She was coming home to do her laundry, which she easily could have done on campus. But she wanted to see Brittany. And, um, you know, there's a lot of the like in this early part of season four before Santana will eventually make her way to New York. A lot of talk between Brittany and Santana about Santana, like not fully chasing her dreams because she decided to go to college. She decided not to you know pursue just jumping into trying to find a way to, you know, make it big time or whatever she was mm-hmm. looking for. Um, so every so often when she comes home, like Brittany kind of tries to encourage her, like you could do this too. Like Santana's talking about, you know, Kurt's got this new opportunity in New York. He's got this internship and Brittany's like, well, you could do this too. Um, so, you know, that kind of furthers it. Like Santana, you have a lot of other things that you want to be doing right now. Brittany is, you know, it's, it's, you know, she's repeating a year in high school. Like there's not, it's not even like anyone's trying to shame her for it by any means. It's just like, She's doing this. She's still in high school. You're trying to move forward in, in life and start a career. Uh, so when Santana sits down with her, they they have the talk here. She, you know, she's the, the speech that she gives her four years ago, we would sit in the back. Uh, uh, why'd she say four years ago? Four years ago? Four years ago. I, is that what she said? Does she say that? I feel like it's like 
last year or something like <laughs> Questioning that. Questioning <laughs> my notes. I don't know what she says. Uh, the beautiful speech where I don't know what she says. No, the, the main idea here is that, you know, I used to sit in the back of the choir room, count how many times that Brittany, uh, that you smiled at me and die on the days that you didn't. Uh, I miss it here, you and me in the choir room here. This is where we fell in love and we could say anything we wanted to with music. Um, you know, going all the way back to the songbird performance and just everything along the way. Uh, so when she sings mine here, it's super powerful. Uh, a very, a very impactful moment uh, that, you know, not a single actual Glee fan uh, could ever forget. But that's it. The end of the episode here, they are going to uh, officially be on a break of sorts. And uh, as we go into the Grease episode where Santana will make another return to McKinley, uh, we do see that, you know, they are still not together and they haven't dated, but that's just where we're at. And Brittany, like, reminds her of that fact. She's like, you should really, you know, when you're, because she gets cast as Rizzo in this musical that she really has no business being in, but she's there because she's Santana and she's wonderful. Um, Brittany, you know, advises her and gives her a note before she goes on. And she's like, you know, you really need to think about how sad this song is, like how we're not together anymore. And it's sad, but, you know, we all, we kind of keep moving on. It's like, damn, Brittany, like, can you just let the girl perform? But <laughs> It does make her think. It's like, yeah, like I think that I think that Santana begins to sort of uh, question whether or not breaking up with Britney was something that she really wanted to do because we don't really see her. I mean, we never really see her venture off and start dating anybody else. I mean, there's like this like fake little thing that happens later on in the season, but um, yeah, I think that she does have like a moment where she's like, well, damn, like maybe I was a little bit too hasty in doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, when she when she comes back to do. Uh, to be Rizzo in Greece, they, you know, like you, like you said, they have that another conversation there and they both seem pretty upset with uh, the fact that they're not together. And uh, this kind of feeling of like, well, we can't be together right now because we both very maturely agreed or understood that that's just how things are going to have to be. Uh, they get over to Thanksgiving and that's the next time we're going to see Santana, where, of course, some of the friends come home for the holidays, just like they promised. Uh, Santana's back there for some Thanksgiving, for some sectionals. They all go out to breadsticks, catch up a little bit. Um, they're going to go back to the school. They're going to help out with preparing for sectionals. Everybody gets paired up um, and uh, not a whole lot specifically towards Santana here. But, she, you know, she gets paired up with Marley, ends up being, uh, you know, uh, she's obviously very perceptive. And when Marley and Kitty have the entire thing happening there, uh, she kind of quickly figures out what's going on as uh, sectionals are not going to go great for Marley. Um, but we also get a scene here uh, with Santana and Quinn. Quinn, who is back for the first time this season. Uh, they reunite. And uh, now that they're both back in the hallways mentoring these new kids, uh, there's just some tension in the air because uh, Kitty is around and Santana calls Kitty pure evil. But Quinn's going to defend Kitty. And uh, I think she's sweet. Yeah. Oh, really? Then why is she giving my girl laxatives? <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, her psychic Mexican third eye is never wrong, and she can sense that there's some bullshit going on between uh, Kitty and Marley. She doesn't know quite what it is, but she knows that it's some it, 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 where there's smoke, there's fire. Um, and we do get to see a little bit more um, of her interacting with Kitty towards the end of this, but not before her and Quinn catch up, and Quinn is going to let her all let her know all about like how she's in this secret society at Yale, and she's dating this professor who's 35 and smoke, smokes a pipe and all sorts of, like, status, 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 and uh, Santana's going to cut her down once again, like, oh, so you're still doing the same shit? You're on your, your same bullshit where you're letting men define who you are? Um, and Quinn comes back at her saying, oh, so what are you doing? You're just shaking pom-poms in Kentucky when really we know that we know that that's not what you want to be doing. You want to be doing something else, but you're over there shaking pom-poms. Mm -hmm. um, and it just, you know, coalesces into the epic slap between the two of them to be broken up once again by Brittany. 
Stop the violence. I hope you read my notes as uh, as as uh, in there what I expected would happen at this point. <laughs> you see, you know what? I was actually trying to be good and not do it this time. I wouldn't have minded it. I mean, we're in the Santana podcast. In my notes, I uh, sent them on earlier. Just it's uh, talking about the scene here. There's a line that says "cue Amon reciting" because I figured that would happen. Slap, slap, well, cue no. Brittany. Stop the violence, and there we go. So that professor I mentioned earlier, well, he's 35, smokes a pipe. Well, the point is, he's divorcing his wife, who hasn't touched him for three years, and I'm dating him. Wow. Twitter update. <laughs> Quinn is all excited about another guy defining her life. And what are you excited about? Chicken pom-poms in Kentucky? I mean, you want everybody to think that you're such a badass, but really you're just a scared little girl who's too frightened to chase her dreams. Did Professor Patches teach you that one in between? <laughs> op- he's on his office couch. Does he get so turned on by teen moms who barely visit their kid? <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Luckily enough, what are you two uh, doing? <laughs> luckily enough, Nothing. they do make up. Uh, they're gonna after the Thanksgiving festivities are all done, and uh, Marley faints, and then they get her rushed back, and blah blah blah. Who cares about what's happening at McKinley? Uh, Santana and Quinn are actually going to uh, stick together for another episode, actually for a couple episodes, but uh, mainly they're they're gonna have to head off to New York here uh, for the Naked episode, where they're going to pay a surprise visit to one Rachel Berry. Uh, Kurt called them in. We got to get some of these alumni back together. Rachel didn't come home. For, uh, for Thanksgiving, so we got to get them to her, uh, of course. So uh, Rachel's considering doing this uh, topless scene in a student film, and Santana and Quinn are here to say this is not a great idea. Yeah, um, she is going to let her know, like, look, I did I did a sex tape once. I don't wonder if she's talking about the one with Britney, the one that Britney released. Of course, she's talking um, about that. <laughs> <laughs> and a, you know, it's going to follow her for the rest of her days. Like it's it, it, like, ten, or, uh, Rachel, it's just not for you. Of course, like. Maybe, you know, you take that shirt off and you feel a nice, cool breeze across them Skeeter Bites. But then the next day, how are you going to feel? How are you going to feel after the next day? And then the next day, and then a week from now, and then a month from now. Like, And plus, half naked is as naked as anyone is ever going to want to see you. So you might as well just pack it up and uh, keep it pushing, girl. Yes. There are better better things to get naked for. This is not one of them. <laughs> But uh, but but Santana does seem to like it here uh, after Rachel ends up not deciding to do it. And, you know, they all meet up. They sing some love song together, a very beautiful uh, performance between the three of them. Uh, Rachel's like, oh, stay in New York longer. Let's all go out to dinner. So, you know, the three of them are all catching up. Things seem great. And Santana makes, you know, an offhand comment. Just oh, I really like it here. Maybe I should. Uh, maybe this is where I should be. It's like, yes, it is where you should be. So after, you know, an entire first part of the season of just kind of like, where is Santana? What is she doing? Why am I crying? Because she's breaking up with Britney. This is not fun. Where's the fun? Where's the, where is Santana? Where is it? Like where she's not, she's not here enough. Um, but after this episode, she realizes she should probably be in New York, um, but she's not going to do it just yet. We're still going to go back to Ohio for a bit. Uh, Finn, who is now cl- coaching the Glee Club uh, in Will's absence for a bit, uh, invites Santana back. It is Diva Week and uh, she's going to come on in and kill it with the performance of Nutbush City Limits. Uh, the whole cheerleading squad from uh, the, from her school comes alongside of her, including her, I'm making air quotes, uh, girlfriend Elaine. So uh, she gets caught up a little bit about things. Apparently she got the update from Tina that uh, Sam and Brittany are now dating. Uh, so Santana comes in hot with Elaine being like, this is my new girlfriend. And uh, yeah, just just thought everybody would want to meet her. Uh, she's going to go find Sam later on. And she tells Sam. Brittany is mine, and this little thing you guys have here, it's very temporary. Uh, of course, that's where they're going to sing uh, Make No Mistake, She's Mine, Santana's lowest-rated song, if you listen to part one. Um, 
She's also going to end up meeting with Sue here. Uh, the two characters had not interacted at all so far since graduation last year. So the two of them talk about how um, Santana, you know, she dropped out of school. Uh, she hated it. And she hadn't mentioned anything to this point to us, or this is the first time that we're hearing about it. Uh, but Sue knows about it. And she was going to kind of question her about like, so what's going on? Uh, she's like, please don't tell my mom. Like I, I, not ready to tell her yet. Uh, but Sue ends up actually with a nice offer here to tell Santana, look, uh, someone's got to take over for me one day when I retire. So the job can be yours. And it's always been like, Hmm, nice offer. But like, Sue, are you retiring? I don't think you're planning on retiring tomorrow. So it's like, what is she going to do for the next couple of years? Whatever. But okay. That's, that's Sue's offer. And Santana seems to consider it a bit. Um, she's going to have a conversation later on with Brittany and Brittany is going to also sort of give her the same sort of, um, energy that Quinn gave her back in the Thanksgiving episode. It's like, like you're so special. You're so you're so talented and beautiful and gorgeous and all this. Like, you, if you don't want to be doing what you're doing, then you can always leave. And Santana tells her, like, oh, well, I mean, it's not such, it's not that bad of an offer. Like, I'm just gonna poison her, um, her protein shakes and take over in the next couple of years anyway. So, it's not like I have to wait too long. Mm-hmm. But that's also not what she wants to do. I mean, she wants to go to New York. I mean, she said it herself at the end of season three that she wanted to be famous. Like. You're not really going to get, you're not going to find a lot of fame in Ohio. I mean, it's, actually, that's not entirely true because he would get famous from being online all the time. But if you want to be amongst the land of the artist in the entertainment capital of the world, hop on that train and follow Lady Hummel, follow Gay Barry over there and <laughs> make it work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's it, like you said, it's not what she wants to stick around Ohio to, uh, to, I think the last thing that she was thinking about, I think if it was the Brittany of it all, like yeah. if we're analyzing, like she just, yeah. there's this whole thing with Sam going on and she also just doesn't feel comfortable. She likes the fact that she can be so close to Brittany and leaving her is kind of, ugh. but the fact that even Brittany is like, girl go. And plus we're not together. I'm kind of with Sam right now. So, right. Yeah, they have a conversation here where uh, Santana tells Brittany straight up, she's like, I'm pretty disappointed that you're with Sam. I know that you can do much better, which is, you know, of course, a little bit of jealousy here, a little bit of just, you know, she kind of wanted her cake and to eat it, too, of just, you know, she didn't want to be with Brittany right now, but she was kind of thinking that they would both hold off uh, on doing anything with anyone else. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's you know, again, she made the mature decision to kind of call it. A quit, uh, call it quits for now, but uh, I guess it's hard to be too surprised that anybody is with an ex or with somebody that you still have feelings for to not want to see them with someone else. So whatever. Um, but Brittany says that she's not going to break up with Sam. She's she does kind of like him, uh, so she's giving this a shot right now. Uh, she also calls her out, saying she knows that the that the Elaine thing was fake, and also that she knows that uh, Santana left college. So Santana, you know, opens up saying she's afraid of the real world because, you know, once you get out there, nobody gives a crap about you. It's not like Mr. Shoe is out here guiding you all the way through every single thing. Like anytime that there's a failure, uh, you have a Mr. Shoe or you have, you know, 12 Glee Club members behind you to pick you up. It's, you know, you're kind of on your own once you get out there. Uh, so Brittany's going to encourage her. Go out there. Like, you can do it. You can find someone, uh, to, like a real girlfriend. You can follow your dreams. You can do it. Uh, so, you know, that's Brittany's always going to kind of provide that last little push that Santana needs to really get her, uh, you know, moving in the right direction. So uh, she tells her, of course, that she really is a genius, Brittany. It's just, it's incredible. Your your brain, your mind, how it moves. Yes. And uh, mind. It's so powerful. Sing some girl on fire as she's going to make her way through the halls of McKinley and out the subway station into New York and right into the Hummelberry household. And they're like, what the hell are you doing here? And she's like, I'm moving in, bitch. And 
<laughs> I'm moving in and then all of us are going to leave right back to Ohio because we have a wedding to go to. <laughs> yes. It's Valentine's Day and Mr. Shu and Emma are finally getting married after three seasons of Will They Won't They. They indeed will. Get it? But um, um Well, they won't. So. <laughs> well, they almost will. Almost will. Um, yeah. So Santana attends the wedding with uh, Quinn. She doesn't really want to hang out with anybody else. Like, because... Brittany, of course, is off with Sam, and that's not really something that she wants to like have in her face the entire time. So there, she's you know enjoying her time with Quinn. We see the two of them have a little bit of a banter um, at the uh, wedding, and then Sue, of course, crashes the wedding, messes it all up. But Mister Shu is like, "There's no reason why you guys can't spend tonight together. You all came back in town for this. Like, go ahead, enjoy the reception." So she attends the reception with. Quinn, they uh, both have fake IDs. They start drinking a little bit. Quinn gets a little tipsy, starts uh, complimenting Santana on the dress that she's wearing, and they even have a bit of a slow dance. And the next thing you know, they are uh, in bed together. Quinn cheating on Rachel, Brittany cheating, or uh, Santana cheating on Brittany. Oh, my God. That is the last thing I thought was going to be said. Um, I don't even know why. Yeah, I mean, look, I I don't ship uh, uh, Fatana. I don't know what the hell would you call them. Uh, Fopez. Quinn. Well, well, it's probably Quintana. I'm pretty sure it's Quintana. I don't know why it took me so long to get there. Um, (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's Quintana. Well, The other two are their last names. Whatever. Okay, so um, I don't ship them, but... Uh, for one night, why not? Uh, so yeah, they have a fun experience, uh, just trying something new or not, uh, Santana trying something new. Quinn's trying something new. doesn't seem like something she's necessarily looking to stick with, but, uh, they had fun and it was a fun time. Yeah, they both you looked know. hot and they were, they were going to just, you know, go for it. Why not? Uh, you know, I, I applaud. I applaud it. You know, I, I applaud Quinn sort of exploring her sexual fluidity. Yeah. Um, and yeah, good for Santana because she's getting some because it's been a couple of dry weeks for her. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's what happens there at the wedding. But uh, after we saw that Santana made her way to New York, we will get back to New York uh, for the Girls and Boys on Film episode. Uh, she's back. She's officially there. She's with Rachel. She's with Kurt. Uh, but things aren't going so great here. Uh, the whole season four, or at least, you know, most of it, we've seen this guy Brody, uh, who has been hanging around as well in New York with Rachel. And they've obviously been coupled up a bit, especially after Rachel and Finn uh, are no longer together. So, she heads back uh, to New York with them, and uh, she's talking about how she doesn't trust Brody. She's searched the whole apartment. She found uh, $1,200 in cash and a pager, which could only mean one thing. Brody is a drug dealer. Uh, Rachel, of course, is not going to uh, like these accusations. She insists that that's not true, and she even gets Brody on the phone to ask where he is. And she gets a pretty lousy answer from him, but she still refuses to believe anything Santana saying is true because it's Santana, and she's probably just lying to mess with me or to manipulate me, whatever she was trying to do in high school she's just continuing it here uh so uh santana uh, i mean but the relationship here between these two we're, we're gonna see throughout you know not just in season four but into season five as well so up and down extremely up and down like there are a lot of times where uh they you know kind of take two seconds out of their arguing to kind of recognize that they both made it they're both here they're in new york they're like they're doing this thing uh and of course we're going to see in season five the conversation they have about like it's really nice to have another girlfriend a girlfriend here um so santana's telling rachel you know i'm happy i'm here in new york i feel like this is where i belong um but 
with that said, she's not giving up on the Brody thing. Um, but we, it's not just that. There's a lot happening here in this episode. We also have this episode at the, uh, we found out about the whole pregnancy test that Rachel, uh, Rachel took at the end of I Do. Uh, and Santana dug her way around the whole apartment and she actually found that pregnancy test. So she's going to ask her about it. Yeah. Uh, it's um, uh, one of my favorite scenes uh, in the entirety of Glee. I love this because, I mean, Santana really just shows a bit of support here. Um, and it, I mean, she did go about it in the wrong way. Like, you do not go through your roommates, all their stuff. Like, what are you doing? That's so, ugh, that's so bad. But um, she does have a level of concern here for Rachel. It's like, this doesn't seem like the Rachel Berry that I know to be out here getting pregnant. So like, what's, what's going on? And you're not telling anybody. Like, I know that you're probably, she, I feel like she probably knew that she wasn't saying anything to Kurt because Rachel was the only girl in the apartment. I mean, of course, you know, (laughs) Kurt, it was just the two of them, but like with Brody there and now with Adam hanging around as well, like before Santana got there, it was just, it was just Rachel. Rachel. So she didn't really have a, 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 you know, a girl to really confide in. And so Santana like stepped up to the plate and was like, look, talk to me like i'm your friend like mm-hmm. yes i hate you most of the time but like you're going through something let me know let me help you and so i love that scene a lot yeah and uh you know when rachel breaks into tears like she's terrified about like the possibility that she might be pregnant uh, like regardless of like how she felt about like actually you know moving forward if she was uh it's just a scary moment for her of just like the uncertainty and like it's a big thing uh, if you find out you know something of that magnitude um of course neither of us will ever have that experience of like you know doing something like like taking that that test and you know knowing exactly what it means for yourself for your body for your life but uh just you can see in the in that moment how terrified rachel is so santana's You've there never had a pregnancy her. scare matt i gotta say I, I uh nothing comes to mind so <laughs> um i have i'm happy for you <laughs> we're not going to explore this <laughs> Um, they go to the doctor together and, uh, they find out that Rachel, that was, that was a false Uh. alarm. Uh, so she tries to brush it off. Santana is going to talk about, look, you need to take this as an opportunity to like, make sure you're thinking about all the decisions you're making in life. Uh, make sure you're around the right people doing the right things like Brody, for example, that's not a great choice that you're making. So we're right back in on this about how, uh, Brody is not a good guy, not a good person. They get into another argument about it. It's going to be, oh, this is just like, just like in high school you're you're changing for the worst this that blah 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 santana's insisting you know my mexican third eye is never wrong uh but rachel is just she doesn't want to hear it so santana will eventually have to take matters into her own hands and head on off to niata to uh meet up with mr brody weston herself yeah um she's been trying to tell them look something is wrong like no one carries this much cash like well why doesn't he put it in the bank he's got a pager something is wrong but you know rachel is stigmatized and uh, Kurt, I feel like Kurt is more amenable to believing Santana, but like he just wants the peace. Like he doesn't, like he just doesn't want conflict right now. And he's also got his own shit that he's dealing with with Blaine right at the moment and Adam. So he's just like off in his own little world. But Santana, you know, she goes over to Niata, shows him up um, <laughs> in the dance hall, tells him to pack his bags because I just slayed Apollo Abdul number. So that means pack your bags <laughs> and I want you out of this apartment right now. Um, but it's not going to work. Brody's going to go and snitch to Rachel. Rachel and Kurt are going to fr- confront Santana. Like, okay, you need to go. Cause not only have you like gone through all of our things and done all this bullshit and everything, but you're going to Niata. That's where like, you don't, you don't attend there. And if they found out that like you're associated with us, we could lose our spot. Like you need to go. Oops. And Santana's like, all right, fine. She grabs her shit. 
um, goes to shack up with some lesbian that she met at some bar. <laughs> and she's like, I'm right about Plastic Man. And yeah, she is. She is. Uh, with, the, with the whole Finn thing, uh, Finn is going to show up and, you know, we're, we're going to see that uh, she takes care of things here. So uh, Brody was, you know, and I'm not going to rehash the whole Rachel and Brody thing here. And, and there's so many things to talk about there. Um, but she does make sure that she is proven correct. Of course, Finn and, uh, you know, Finn comes by and Brody and Finn get into a huge fight. And um, she's going to, you know, ultimately find her way back to the apartment, uh, right? Making herself right back at home. Uh, she doesn't tell Rachel the details about, you know, what was happening with Brody and what she figured out because of course she did figure it out pretending to be one of Brody's clients and whatnot. And, uh, you know how all of that went down there. Um, yeah. So Kurt's like, please don't tell Rachel. She's got a big audition coming up. Like we can't have her like also knowing all the details of all of that. But you know, again, she made her way back to the apartment. Um, Rachel and Santana even have a bonding moment here where they uh, play that prank on Kurt with the, uh, putting his hand in a pot of warm water because we're all six years old, but no, it's fun. Um, and then Kurt and the pillow friend is happening here. Who cares what's, what's going on here. Um, but eventually at the end of guilty pleasures is when Rachel and Brody have their big conversation talking about like, this isn't, this isn't a good plan for either of us. You know, Brody's doing what he's doing, uh, you know, trying to make some money for himself and Rachel uh, is still kind of got a thing for Finn and she wasn't completely honest when she was gone at the wedding. So all of that's going on. So Santana was right. Uh, you know, who's surprised? Uh, and eventually Rachel will apologize for ever doubting Santana. And she says, you know, I think I'm ready for our new permanent roommate. So Santana is officially moving in until the next fight <laughs> here uh, in uh, the towards the end of season four. Uh, of course, it's going to take a hundred different times for them to be in and out and friends and not friends. But the NY three, uh, you know, that's the journey for those three of them there um, as we get into the lights out episode. Yeah, I, I love that um, because, yeah, I mean, it just goes to show like Santana. Yes, she comes with a lot of negative qualities but when she's down for you she's down for you like she helped you through this pregnancy scare she got rid of the guy that was out here sleeping with half of manhattan for you like she's here for y'all like you just gotta you know just take it as it take it as she goes you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um but yeah uh lights out what happens in lights out uh lights out is a very a very like uh like standalone episode for santana because Uh, Mm -hmm. This is the episode where it's not just for her. It's for Kurt and Rachel as well, talking about like their love of ballet. Um, And it it really does come out of nowhere, but it's like got a nice moment there at the end of it. So it's not like there's nothing here. It just feels so out of place. Yeah. um, I think it's sort of like kind of like what happens at the end of season three where well, not entirely, but like where they just have like an episode that's focused on, okay, what's next for Santana? They did that for like the Saturday Night Gleaver, and then um, for this episode, it's like okay, so you're now you're in New York, but like you still don't have a thing yet. Like Kurt has a thing, Rachel has a thing. What is your thing? Mm-hmm. Um, and she opens up about ballet and dance, and I just feel like we we're still not really we don't really get an answer still. Like all it is is like oh she likes performing, but like she doesn't want to be on Broadway. So it's like okay, so like what is your thing then? And I feel like we still walk away without really knowing it's just oh she's re reappreciating her childhood and the experiences that she had in ballet as a dancer so like yeah yeah she she gets the uh you know the song here with isabel Wright as all four of them take the stage and sing at the ballet and uh yeah at the end of the episode when she has her younger self you know uh, she's like looking she sees her younger self with the dance class and all that stuff and uh, you know baby Santana is like don't forget me again okay and Santana's like I won't I promise uh, so uh, yeah I, I can understand what you're saying it's kind of like 
you know, not necessarily to say that like ballet is going to be her thing, but like she's kind of just in this whole season four phase of like, what am I doing? Like, what is next for me? Like remembering mm-hmm. a lot of things from her past to kind of move her forward and uh, just constantly thinking about Brittany. And uh, am I still do I still like have feelings strong enough for Brittany where I can move forward? Like a lot of things are super transitional here for her. Um, and of course it's not really going to be until like season five, when we get to the big drama of it all that Santana decides, this is where I'm taking a stand and making like a big, like leap forward in my life and my career or whatever. Um, you know, she's going to get into a commercial. I don't want to skip ahead too much. I mean, not that we're too far away from it, but that's like the first time that we're actually going to see her like take action, uh, after, you know, dropping out of college. Uh, but for here, yeah, she is kind of, of just thinking about like what's next what's going on um and she's not the only one that kind of needs help right now uh back in ohio we have Brittany in the finale of season four uh falling apart uh for for a brief minute because she's uh been to mit she is uh been asked to join early there but she gets back to mckinley and she is all over the place uh and sam is going to end up calling santana saying i need your help uh, i don't know what's going on with Brittany, but we need to fix this yeah, she's acting all kinds of weird. She broke up with Sam over text. It's just not, it's, I mean, Brittany's always weird, but it's not like this. Like, it's aggressive weird. Like, like what's going on? <laughs> um, and Santana does come over. Um, they do a fondue for two episodes. Um, Santana can still kind of see through all of the BS. And he's like, Brittany, can you slow down? Like, what's going on here? And Brittany tells her that she has something really important to, to tell her. Um, and she lets her know that she will be leaving because she just got early admittance to MIT because Brittany is a super genius. Um, Santana is the first one to find out. Brittany's then going to reveal it to the rest of the, the new directions. Like, I'm sorry I had a bit of a meltdown, but I'm leaving and I didn't really know how to handle it. And I'm going to miss all of you guys. Um, it's really emotional. One of my, another one of my favorite scenes in all of Glee. Um, and her and Brittany have this really special moment. And I love it because Brittany literally goes down the line and says everything nice about everybody there. When she comes to Santana, she can't even say anything. And Brittany's like, or Santana's like, you don't have to say anything, Brittany, because they don't have to say anything. They know what it is. Like, yeah, we, we all know, we all know what it is. They know what it is. They, we, we get the idea. It's like, you know, just somebody, uh, when two people like that close, anybody that's like that close, like, you know, she's giving her goodbyes to a bunch of people in the Glee club that like, she really enjoyed her time with them. But like, when is she talking to Joe Hart again? Right. So it's like, say goodbye now. And you probably won't ever talk again besides like a random, like uh tweet back and forth, if that, um, but uh, of course her and Santana will, will be, you know, in constant communication. That's not something that she needs to like issue a proper goodbye here for. Um, but after the uh, new directions, take the stage and uh, go on for regionals, which of course they will end up moving on. Um, Brittany gives her goodbyes because oh, I'm not, I mean, we already talked about that, but like uh, she's done. She's, not going to be moving on to nationals with the rest of the team so um you know it's she's having a pretty sad moment here like that was her last performance with the new directions like everybody else had that last year where it was like all right we're all moving on together but then britney ended up staying back a year so now she's kind of like you can see it within her and this isn't the britney character podcast we already did that but uh she's just kind of looking like she's feeling like very confused and very like not not alone because she still has a bunch of people around that she cares for. But like, again, all of those people that she was supposed to be graduating with all had that moment already. And now here she is kind of having that moment of like, this is my last competition all by herself. So when Santana comes up and joins her on the stage to kind of like walk her off the stage, she's kind of like, Brittany, you're not alone. Like, I'm still here with you. And like, I always will be here with you. So they 
walk off the stage together and Brittany seems to cheer up a little bit as they head towards the Will and Emma actual wedding in the choir room. Um, but yeah, so, you know, again, these two are not together uh, after or for the majority of season four uh, after. I mean, they're, they're together for like two episodes uh, at the beginning of the season. But uh, obviously we can see and as we go into season five, especially season six, uh, the bond between these two is still a main factor in both of their storylines. And uh, definitely, you know, what we're all still paying attention to more than anything else. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um yeah, I'm getting like a little, just a little teary. I just thinking about it. Oh, she's like, oh, you don't have to say anything, Brittany. I'm like, oh no, oh, I feel it, I feel it too. But that's that's it. That's it for season four. Yeah. Uh, so we still have you know a little bit to uh, you know. Uh, so that was it for season four. We still are going to get into some of this stuff in season five here. Um, we're going to break this kind of up into uh, you know two remaining parts here. So in season five, we're going to see that uh, Santana is still here in New York uh, with Rachel and uh, Amon at the beginning of the season, these first two episodes, all about the Beatles, our favorite two episodes, our favorite songs of the entire show. Um, but Santana's actually got a new job and she's going to get Rachel hired alongside of her here at the Spotlight Diner. Yes. Um, look at Rachel or Santana coming through for Rachel once again. Then helped her do the pregnancy stuff, got her slimy man whore up out of her life, and now getting her a job. Like she's just she's she's just that bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, they do start working at the Spotlight Diner. Um, this is all while Rachel is in the middle of her funny girl or uh, like what would you call this? Like uh, what do you call this stage of the production? Callback? Like no, because it's not because she's already. Well, yeah, I guess. Yeah, sure. I mean, she had the call. Like, she got the call back after. Like, she did her audition in season four. Uh, She'd been doing. They're testing her now. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Um. So yeah, she really needs to find a way to support herself through all of that. So yeah, they they do start um working there. We get to see them perform a little bit of Beatles together there as well. Um, Santana is also working as an actress. She booked a commercial, a national commercial, which. Should you know that you know that's that's pr- that's a pretty big deal. Like I feel like they kind of brushed that over you know under the rug, but like that's a pretty big deal. Like a national campaign, like your face all over the the country is good. Like you can start making flow from progressive money. You know what I mean? Like they like you enough, <laughs> you just have a gig for the rest of your life selling yeast stat. Bad yeast goes scat with yeast stat. Yeast stat. <laughs> I like yeast on my bagels, but not on my muffin. <laughs> Have you heard the news? <laughs> I don't know the jingle. <laughs> I, I don't. Really, I don't. I didn't even remember there was a jingle. All I can yeah, think when of she's is spinning like, around in the field and she's got the bubble wand. That's all I can think of is the bubble wand and the bread and yeah, the moms in the, the counter, background. Like, <laughs> I love it, but not on my muffin. It. Um, and actually, after we find out that she's been in this commercial, it kind of makes Rachel a little bit jealous. Uh, Rachel, you know, like we said, she's in this little like waiting room here, not a waiting room, but like she's like in this like waiting pattern, waiting to find out about what's happening with Funny Girl. Um, and now Santana's getting jobs. Santana's getting books. So it's like, uh, OK, uh, you know, yikes. Uh, as far as Rachel versus Santana goes. Um, but we also have something to follow here, a potential new relationship for Santana Lopez, because there is a very pretty girl that works at the Spotlight Diner. Um very familiar face i wonder who this could be um and santana definitely notices her yes um this is danny yay danny lovato Lovato, baby um they seem to have like a bit of like an electric uh attraction to one another something that rachel can pick up on as well and purposefully is going to leave them um 
alone at the diner um, so that they can have some time together. Yeah, they uh, they, they get to talking, uh, joking back and forth. Um, Santana, for the first time, is like, kind of nervous, which Rachel loves because Rachel's never seen Santana act like this before. Um, but yeah, she Danny makes her panic sweat under her boobs. <laughs> but they actually start talking, and um, they seem really you know sweet for one another um they sing uh here comes the sun walk all the way home as the sun rises it's all cute and everything um and they share a kiss and it's like the beginning of something something new it's the start of something new it feels so right to be here with you and now i cannot believe you didn't join in on that wow i don't know why like of course that like would be a natural thing to do, but like, I don't know. I just, nothing within me felt like jumping. I just couldn't force it. Wow. Okay. Maybe I'm tired. I'm probably tired. Maybe. I've, I've just, never, I've I don't never know. known you to never It didn't feel like that in. urge to like jump into that song, which usually would be there. Um, I'm sorry. I, I, I hope I'm not like embarrassing myself there that I just, you know, let that go. But uh, we have to move forward. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, obviously, there's a connection here. Uh, they end up, you know, seeming to be together. And when she goes back to uh, talk to Rachel and Kurt later, it does seem like they are uh, actually going to give it a shot, these two. See what happens here. So, uh, Santana, or I'm sorry, Dan Tana is, I believe, their ship name. Um, they are uh, They're going to give this a shot here in the big NYC as they are continuing to work together at the diner. Eventually, we'll see the band come together. But uh, that's not this episode. That's like two episodes from now. Um, But as far as uh, Rachel and Santana and Kurt go, uh, with all of them kind of like in limbo here of like what's going to happen next. Of course, Kurt has kind of recently started at Niata after his big audition in season four. Um, Rachel's still uh, on the fence about Funny Girl. Well, not on the fence, but like uh, she hasn't found out if she's gotten in yet uh, at this point. Uh, So the three of them, you know, make a promise to each other that they're going to stay in Newark for at least two years. Let's not give up on our dreams. Let's keep keep each other here and make sure that we're all pushing hard to make, you know, the dreams a reality. Um, mm-hmm. And by the end of the episode there in Tina in the sky with diamonds, Rachel finds out that she did get the park part. Uh, so they all go back to the apartment. They celebrate together. Danny is there as well. So yay. Everyone's happy uh, for Rachel, even Santana. So look, we're all friends. Everything is going great. Um, but as we know, uh, that's not exactly the case. Not everything is going great. And I hate to, you know, uh, we're, we're going to kind of, I think, end this part on a downer. But we're going to talk about the quarterback before we get out of here of uh, the Santana story of the day before we get into her songs. Uh, the quarterback, of course, uh, a big episode for everybody. But Santana stands out uh, in that episode as one of the main players in there. Uh, of course, with Rachel not really able to, uh, she's really not around for the most uh, majority of the episode um, with Finn's passing. Uh, we go to Santana a lot for uh, her reaction uh, with, you know, these two these two people who were uh, definitely, you know, pretty hot and cold in their relationship and their friendship with each other. Think back to season one. Uh, you, you know, we see Santana and Finn. Uh, well, Santana took Finn's virginity. Um, and then you go, I guess, cut ahead a little bit to uh, season three where Finn is not on the best of terms with 
the trouble tones as they become uh, and kind of pushes Brittany out of the group. And then next thing you know, we have the Santana being outed thing, but then Finn apologizes and they seem on a better page. They end season three uh, pretty much okay. Not a whole lot happening in season four, um, but the history is there uh, between these two. And mm-hmm. after Finn's passing and Santana heads home alongside everybody else, you know, Mr. Shu invited them all back. Uh, she seems pretty, you know, unresponsive for the first few days. Um, she doesn't really say a whole lot, but eventually uh, Sam and Artie are going to sing for the group and she needs to walk out. She is, you know, it's really starting to build up within her. Uh, she heads outside to the memorial that's outside of Finn's locker. Bree comes by to take down the candles because of Bree being Bree and Sue telling her to do that. Uh, so Santana gets try to, tries to get Figgins to stop her, but there's nothing he can do. So she, of course, runs over to Sue's office to confront her and we get a pretty you know, big scene here between Santana and Sue. Last time we saw them, they seemed to be on good terms. Sue offering Santana that position of, you know, take over when I'm gone uh, or when I'm not here anymore. Um, and uh, this is a, a pretty, like, loud, passionate, emotional scene uh, with Santana, you know, letting out all of her emotions on Sue, who uh, she's like, you have always been a horrible person and Finn hated you. So I don't know why you're, you know, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what you're trying to get at here. Yeah, it's um, it's a very contentious scene. I think a lot of the, uh, uh, yeah, all of the aggression that she had for Sue over the past few years, really just cascades because now, at, like, a death, a death of a student, and you still can't be nice. Like, they, you really have to get rid of, like, no, like, there's not going, like, no one is going to start a fire with those mini ass candles. Okay. Leave the shrine alone. Let us grieve. But no, you have to come up in here and be the biggest bitch like you've always been, even in this moment of grief. And I think that she just finally, like, lets it all out, like, and uh, it ends up, you know, it ends with her pushing uh, Sue into a file cabinet um, because she's just, she, she, she's just that like, upset. But I think as soon as she does it, she regrets it. She's like, oh, snap. Like, I didn't, I don't want to, like, oh, that was bad. That was a bad thing to do. And even Sue is like, oh, wow. Like, that's wow. This chick is crazy. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, she does end up leaving, but they are going to have a talk later on. Yeah, she she later comes back and, you know, uh, there's going to be a lot that happens in between, but I guess we could just kind of talk about it now, uh, that eventually she kind of cools off a little bit. She heads back to Sue's office and she apologizes for, you know, her outburst. Not just what she said, but she literally pushed her, like, like pushed mm-hmm. her into the corner of the room. Like, and this is not just like, you know, pushing Quinn across the uh, hallway. Like, uh, this is, you know, uh, I don't know how old Sue <laughs> Sylvester is, but like... Oh, shit. My bad. Was that a cat? <laughs> no, it was some ad popped up on my phone. Oh, <laughs> I heard. I thought I heard a cat meowing. I was like, "Where is that?" Mm-hmm. Um, she pushes uh, Sue like pretty hard. You know, this is again uh, Sue is not you know uh, yeah. the youngest person in the school by any means. So you know, a little worried that she could have gotten injured there. But uh, when she comes back, she apologizes. Sue says, "You know, you were right about everything you said." And we see the two of them kind of going through or like working through their grief together. Because as far as Sue goes, you know, we talked about this for Sue's podcast as well. Uh, you know, you got to be careful how you treat people because you just never know when it's going to be the last time that you talk to them and the way that Sue treats people. uh, And, you know, it's hard to say that that's not the same case for Santana as well. Uh, They're both really kind of looking in a little bit on themselves here being like, 
we both need to be careful. Because like, what if that was like the last time that Santana ever saw Sue? Uh, yeah, no, I, I get that people, you know, don't like Sue, that Sue is, you know, mean, this and that. But imagine like the last time that you ever saw Sue Sylvester, like if some tragedy happened, like God forbid some tragedy happened and her last memory of her was like shoving her into a locker. And I know these are extreme circumstances. Maybe this is a bad example, but just, you know, the whole point here being that they both are really trying to recognize that like they need to pay more mind to how they treat people because life is short. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, I, I like also that this scene sort of doesn't, it sort of does kind of end on a, um, irresolute. No, that, that's not the right word. Um, it doesn't really seem to have like a, a conclusion, like the two of them. I mean, she, she apologizes for, for putting her hands on her. Um, but Sue isn't even really interested in having that conversation. She's just interested in being like, you know what, girl, you were right. What you said was right. I had, he had all this potential and it's all wasted. And I really thought that maybe I'll be teaching alongside him like for the next 20 or so years. And now I won't ever have, I won't ever, I won't ever have that. And he'll never know that I had so much respect for him. And I believed in what he was doing because mm-hmm. I just was so focused on being horrible. And Santana tells her, well, maybe you can use this as a, you know, as a, as a lesson. And she's like, no, there is no happy ending here. There is no lesson. There's nothing. It's just, he's gone mm-hmm. and that's it. And then the both of them kind of just sit in silence. And I, I, I like that because that's kind of where you're at now. It's like, yeah, like I, I wasn't a nice person to him when he was here and you were right about that. And now I have to sit with that. And yeah, and it, I mean, it like at the reality of this, it's like Finn, Finn has passed. His soul is, you know, at peace now. And, and uh, you know, Finn is where he is now. Um, now it's going to be Sue that has to sit with that for the rest of her life. And Santana as well. Like, I hate to, you know, put it that way because as much as I love Santana, but like a lot of the things that she said and the way that she, you know, acted or things that she, you know, just the way that she treated him, all the insults, I'm sure, are like running through her mind. And it's like, you know, that's that's just, it seems to be who she is. She's got like this mean streak that's always going to be within her that sometimes she just can't help herself but say the meanest thing that comes to her mind. Um, but in such a, you know, in the in this kind of circumstance, she's like looking back now and you know it's she's seeing i think a lot of the same things that sue is seeing about how uh, you know the regrets that she's feeling uh santana's feeling pretty similarly like i i didn't have to say all those awful things to finn uh all those years ago i you know we could have just been friends this whole time and now i don't have an opportunity to kind of you know you know, so you, you you guys all get what we're saying. So um, I just do appreciate that scene between the two of them because it's, you know, whether it's these two or any two like villainous characters to kind of like hit them with some serious reality of like, yeah, it's fun to be a villain, but you gotta, you gotta cool it off a little bit uh, as far as like being a real human being goes. So, um, so that's that uh, between those two there. But as far as uh, Santana with the rest of the Glee kids goes, uh, she does do her tribute in the choir room. Uh, she sings If I Die Young, um, which she is not able to finish all the way through. Uh, her emotion just builds up and uh, she's she just at a certain point, like can't continue singing. Uh, I think it's Will and, and and Mike Chang or Sam or somebody runs up to try to like comfort her as she starts to cry. And she just screams and runs out of the room because she can't do it. She really just cannot handle it. Um, and Kurt is going to actually be the one who kind of follows her in there to see how she's doing and um, continue to like have this uh, conversation. Just see how, see what's going on here. Yeah. Um, he uh, is going to, you know, try to comfort her a little bit. And Santana um, uh, let, admits that, you know, she had all of these nice things that she wanted to say about him, but she just couldn't bring herself to do it because she is who she is. Um, and she you know, lets Kurt know about 
all the times where Finn was so kind to her, you know, even including the the bit where they had sex for the first time, or at least the first time for Finn, at least, and he was so attentive and just kept asking her if she was okay and everything the entire time and um, walking behind her when she sat in a piece of chocolate cake and just, you know, and even the stuff with the creepy performance of girls just want to have fun. <laughs> it was all because there was a connection between the two of them and maybe Santana didn't realize it as much as Finn did, but she realizes it now, especially that he's gone and it just feels, she feels, well, damn, like he was so nice and he's the one that's gone and I'm the one that's sitting here. Like, it's kind of like how Sue felt about her sister. Like, why am I sitting here talking to you, Will, and that beautiful soul is gone? That doesn't make any sense. Why wasn't it me? Why? Um, And I think that, you know, that Santana kind of feels the same way in that she spends so much time being so mean and vicious that it's guilt. It's like survivor's guilt. It's like, I don't deserve being here. Um, And it's hard. But Kurt um, gives her the jacket. Yeah, Santana, you know, makes a couple comments about how Finn was a much better person than her. And it's like, I mean, uh, what's Kurt going to sit there and be like, no, that's not true. It's like, yeah, Santana, I mean, you're you're not the nicest person. Finn <laughs> yeah, was. She, he said that is true. He literally. Yeah, it's like, like Finn was a really nice, really great person pretty much at all times. I mean, sure, he had his mistakes made his, you know, uh, you know, a couple of things along the way that, you know, hiccups in life, just like a lot of other people do. But hard to deny, uh, you know, what Santana's saying there. Um, but, you know, he's like, look, Finn really did care about you. And he knew that you were a good person deep down. Like he knew, you know, he knew you for you. Uh, she ends up asking Kurt to leave. She just needs a minute to herself. So uh, the jacket ends up staying on her shoulders, which eventually we're going to see stolen by uh, Will. gets blamed on Puck, yada, yada. You know, more on that in uh, our recap of the quarterback. But Santana ends up, uh, you know, kind of readying herself to head back to New York. We get a rare scene here of Santana Lopez and Will Schuster. Um the first ever scene between the two of them, maybe, where it's like a one-on-one. Not exactly the first ever. I can think of a couple more, but um, it's just, it's very rare because over three years of Santana being in Will's Glee Club, it was all about Rachel. It was all about, you know, Kurt. It was all about Finn. Uh, He never really sat, you know, much time aside to be like, Santana, like, how are you doing? Um, Besides, like, the one episode, Saturday Night Lever, where it was still about, you know, also Mercedes, also Finn. So, again, you don't see these scenes often, but um, he talks to her about, you know, watching her grow up and leave Lima, even if it's, like, out of anger and hurt. You know, it's better to see this happening for her that she's you know leaving uh then the alternative you know like what's what's happened unfortunately with finn uh so they you know they share a hug and it's just uh, it's a short scene but it always stood out to me of just like again this guy who barely showed her any extra care for three years kind of gives her a little bit of an extra push and it's kind of that guidance that i was talking about earlier that santana hasn't had or she was a little bit afraid about because outside in the world there is no that that's not really there uh, along the way of course she has her family but you know there's also been issues with that up and down so um you know like him or not will schuster does seem to be this bit of like emotional support for all of these kids uh so having him have that conversation with her i do think kind of gave her a little bit of a boost as she's going to make her way back to new york so that's mm-hmm. that yeah i guess they don't really have a lot of, oh well they do have the scene with like the whole like spanish teacher thing there is that i guess right so it's not like um, that's anything that's like her calling him out for being an idiot uh you know it's, it's yeah. really not a whole lot of like ever you know Santana, like, how are you doing? Like, how is life? How is there anything I can help you with? In the same way that he, like I said, does that for all of you know his other favorites. Yeah, I don't even think he says anything to Santana when she comes back during season four at all, like in the beginning of it. But then again, I guess 
he was preoccupied with trying to like run for president or whatever the fuck. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, all of her teacher stuff is always with Sue, so it's not yeah. like she's just you know yeah whatever. Um, but yeah, that's the quarterback, and uh, I don't want to go too deep into to real life stuff. But I mean, Naya does talk about in um, in in her book, uh, you know, when Corey passed, and uh, there's like a whole bit of uh, a section in her book where she talks about that and about you know just kind of like how she felt about it at the time, and you know, of course, just like all of them did, like when they got the news, and you know, feeling like all of them, you know, wishing that there was something more they could have done to help him through a situation, and you know, Naya was a religious person, so she talks about you know her her uh, relationship with God and how she's just always trusted God and always like believed, you know, he's had a plan and, you know, uh, she's not sure she understands why that was the plan for Corey, but, you know, she's got to trust and believe. And, um, you know, it's, uh, again, I don't want to get too sappy with it or too down in the dumps of like all the real life stuff here, but now that, the, mm-hmm. you know, kind of their two souls have been reconnected, uh, you know, as far as, uh, where we are at in life, um, it's it's I know a lot of uh, something that a lot of Glee fans, uh, people that are big fans of both Corey Monteith and Naya Rivera, like sit with a lot. Um, so you know, kind of just have to touch on it here and acknowledge it as uh, it's it's something to uh, to think about. And uh, hopefully they are you know hanging out, sit, uh, singing some songs together, um, and uh, you know looking down on everybody. And uh, that's that's that. So I again hate to end on a sad note with the quarterback, but it does feel like the best stopping place as we are gonna get to the next part with uh, everything else all the way to the end of the story mm-hmm. yeah uh the final push coming to your ears soon i am excited i mean i felt i feel like we've sort of like reached the best of santana in seasons two and three um we got lots of good santana season four i mean the the finish is not as strong as we would have liked but i'm so excited to talk about um what's next yeah uh, big stuff still here as like uh, the season five, you know, season five and six really just uh, as we'll talk about, I'm sure in the next part, not uh, a million episodes for the character, but the ones that she's in, you know, usually something pretty important happening. So we'll get right. to it. We will get to it. But for now, let's get to some more songs. Let us do it. Do yeah. it, do it, do it, do it. We have 10 more songs for the Santana Lopez countdown. So where did we leave off last time? That was with, uh, song number 21, right? Edge of Glory is uh, the last song that we heard all together. So we're going to yes. go from number 20 all the way through number 11. We're going to see if Trouty Mouth comes up. If not, that means it made top 10. So let's see what's happening today. Are you ready? Yeah, I mean, at this point, I feel like it's in the top 10. <laughs> I guess we are about to find out. So without further ado, here is song number 20. Um, may I have this dance?
number 20 from prom in season number two it is mercedes it is santana it is dancing queen yeah it's one of my favorites i love it i love it i love that it's in the top half um I uh yeah I I'm I'm a big fan of ABBA as it is in general so every time Glee does them I'm like yes and these two in particular singing this song is not something that you would think that Santana and Mercedes would perform together but it works and it sounds great <laughs> it does it's uh one of the many fun prom performances that we get uh, especially in seasons two and three um but Santana and Mercedes they just can't make bad music they literally cannot do it uh so dancing queen kicks off today's countdown at song number 20 and uh let's keep on moving we're gonna go to so- uh, season three for song number 19 So emotional at number 19 on the Santana countdown. Yes, they kill it. They kill this song. <laughs> I still can't get over Sam overlooking uh, the Chandler texts with Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> like, Kurt, stop distracting us. There's a great performance going on. I know. Um, but no, they, they sound amazing on this. Um I like that they took the tempo up a little bit for this rendition of it. It really makes it gives it like a it's such a really good happy upbeat feeling. Um, and yeah, they sound they blend very well together on this song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, a whole lot of fun. Of course, we get that scene afterwards where they're like, "We could have been doing this for years," and it's like, I mean, you could have been, but like realistically, it wouldn't have happened because uh, you two no. just would never have been on the same page. But at least it happened once or twice. Uh, you know, of course, uh, season three, a couple times actually. We, we found love. I kissed a girl, and then we have this here, uh, and then we're gonna get plenty more Rachel and Santana content going forward. Uh, some good, some bad. So that is number nineteen. So emotional uh, from season three, and uh, let's kick it over to season four uh, for song number 18. He was out there sneaking Then he called you up to check that you were waiting by the phone All the world's a candy store, he's been trick-or-treating When it comes to true love, girl, with him there's no one home He's a cold-hearted snake, look into his eyes Uh-oh, he's been telling lies He's a lover for your play, he don't play by rules Uh-oh, girl, don't play the fool you can find somebody that's a girl. 
He's cut cold as ice As cold as ice He's cold as ice He's cold as ice Stay away from him, girl Cold hearted snake Number 18 uh -oh. Have you ever seen the uh, music video to this song? Yes, I with have. Paul I saw it after. I think we talked about it last time. Mm -hmm. And then I was Paul, like, I'll watch it. Paul, Paul Abdul kills it. Oh, my God. Like, I always knew that she could dance. But when I watched that for the first time, I was like, oh, shit. Like, she <laughs> is a prodigy. Prodigious. But anyway, um, and yes. not a dancer, you know, so the fact that like anytime that they gave her more than like, you know, the basics in like a New Directions number, it was like, all right, let's see what happens here. Uh, and she made this work. I mean, of course, Paula Abdul is Paula Abdul, but still, you know, mm -hmm. great fun here. It's kind of funny, like how the music video like the with Paula Abdul, it, it looks like it took place in a room just like the one that they're doing it in with Glee. It's kind of like a dance hall type with white walls type deal. I wonder if they, that was on purpose. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um but yeah so this is great i love this performance i was like when she did this um, when i watched the episode for the first time i was like oh yes bitch fuck it up i love how um Rody is sort of like wanting her to just get the hell out of there but then as soon as the performance like is the like a minute into the performance he's like all right let me sit my ass down and watch <laughs> and he's like on some level you're like i want to see this <laughs> Like, this isn't good for me, but uh, this is uh, this is gonna be good, isn't it? So I guess I gotta <laughs> <laughs> and good it was. Uh, so Cold Hearted comes in at number eighteen from season four, and uh, we move back to season three uh, for song number seventeen. So let's. Doesn't Kill You Makes You Stronger from Season 3. It is uh, regionals there. And, of course, Trouble Tones, of course, being this high up. Mm-hmm. You know, I actually I was in a clubhouse room um, with a few friends. Where we, we I do know this what thing. you're talking about. <laughs> uh, oh, really? Did I, I talk do. about this already? Because I heard James talk about it on his podcast. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so we were, we were doing a versus 
um, and we did Pink versus um, Kelly Clarkson, and this song came up. I forget what we put it against for Pink, but there was a lot of critique about against this song because it kind of feels just a little bit too like, yeah, power, confidence, like a little bit too preachy. Um, but I feel like all of that gets lost in this performance, um, which, which is why I think it's so high up. Like, it, it doesn't really, I mean, of course it's a glee and it's, you know, very campy and very, you know, it can definitely lean into that. But the way that they perform this song, along with the choreography and everything, it just really, it elevates it a lot. So I really enjoy this cover more than I do the Kelly Clarkson, I think it's replacement level. Um, just you know, by virtue of having Naya Rivera and Amber Riley on there, and even with a few Heather Morris cuts in there too. But I just think that this this performance is just very, very strong. I didn't really, it's one of those flyover performances that I didn't really think too much of when watching Glee for the first time. But I return to this more often now after the rewatch. Oh, I thought about these Troubled Tones performances all the way through. Don't, don't, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Trouble Tones, but this this one was not one that I came back to. Right. I, I will my your Candyman, your uh, Edge of Glory, your uh, what's the other one? Survivor. Uh, I will survive. Survive exactly. Ex- <laughs> I'll go back to those. Yes, gladly. But this was not on the list for me. But now it is. It is for sure there. Uh, it's at number 17 on the list, so uh, can't deny that. Um, and we move on uh, to number 16, which uh, is a solo and was much, much lower on the audience's rankings. I know I talked about this in part one. I was like, there's a song that if the audience had it their way, would be all the way down here in part one. Um, but we fixed things. We justify, or not justified. Uh, I don't know what I meant to say there. Um, but we uh, we fixed things for you guys. So here is a song number 16. What's it all about when you saw it? more than we gave or are we meant to be kind and if only fools are kind Alfie then I guess it is wise to be cruel Sixteen, Amon. They tried to drag it down, but uh, you can't drag Alfie all the way down to number thirty-four. What is wrong with you people? Um, and uh, you talk, and then I'll talk again. <laughs> yeah, this 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 is my number one Santana performance. I know that there's a lot of people have fallen off of Glee at this point, and it it, it it doesn't hold like the same amount of nostalgic factor that some of the older Santana numbers do. But I mean, I've 
I've talked at length about how I feel about this song. I just think that it it's just representative of the entire journey that she's been on throughout the entire series. Um, and the lyrics, it's just such a beautifully written song. It really just makes you really contemplate um, like where you like where you exist within this world as it pertains to love and friendship and how so much of that is tied to your own vision of self-worth. You know what I mean? And until you are able to find that within yourself, you're not going to be, it's like what RuPaul says, you know what I mean? Um, and so I, uh, it this, it packs a punch for me each and every time. I love it so much. It's her strongest performance, in my opinion. Yeah, so I mean, when, uh, and, and I know that I've probably said this maybe a couple times since we've watched this episode of just, uh, this never stood out to me in the way of like, because it's just a song that I was unfamiliar with. Uh, so it's a lot, you know, as has been made very clear when I, when there's a song I don't know that well, I kind of pass over it a little bit. Um, but like taking into the full context of just like you said, like learning more about the song and like listening to the lyrics, like hearing the lyrics more um, and just realizing this is Santana's last solo on the show. Uh, she doesn't sing a whole lot in season six. She's got this. She's got the duet with Britney. Uh, am I missing anything else on this list? No, it's those two songs that are like her main, you know, she sings in a couple of other, you know, group songs and, uh, you know, problem with the, the whole trio. But uh, as far as like a solo goes, it's the only one that she's got in the whole season. Um, and, and it's just, you know, it's 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 a lot more memorable than uh, I just kind of had in my head. Like you said, people drop off at this point. Um, but just watching her up on that stage in that beautiful dress with the entire club, you know, her all of her friends behind her as Brittany joins up her up on stage and then eventually takes her hand as she's singing out to, you know, her abuela. Just like, what's it all about? What What's it all about? You know? Mm-hmm. And it's really, it's really good. So uh, to all of you people who were out here voting, you know, maybe this isn't the most iconic Santana song. Please spend more time with it. I mean, you, I'm not saying you, I'm not forcing you to like it, but give it another chance. Watch yes. it. Check it out. I It makes me sad that they kind of like truncate this, the last bit of the song. Cause like she kind of just goes right into the last Alfie, but I love the, the closing of the song where it's like, I believe in love Alfie. Without true love, we just exist. Until you find the love you've missed, you're nothing, Alfie. I just, oh, it's just, I love it so much. It's such a beautiful song. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's really, really, really sweet, really touching. And uh, song number 16. So uh, maybe if we, maybe if we do this in like another couple months after everybody's caught up to the podcast and we do all of our praising for the songs like this one, I wonder if it would like shift up at all. You know, any, any, uh, anybody out there hearing our words? Anybody uh, care what we have to say? Maybe not. Who knows? Um, (laughs) So that is a, uh, Alfie coming in at number 16. We still have five more songs to go. We're halfway through the day here. And looking at these five songs, I know them. You guys don't. Um, Amon doesn't know either. Uh, five pretty big songs coming up. So back to back to back to back to back. Uh, let's get into it with song number 15. At least I didn't fake it. Hat, sir. I guess I didn't make it. But whether I'm the rose of sheer perfection, a freckle on the nose of life's complexion, the cinder or the shiny I've simply gotta march my heart to drama Don't bring around a cloud to rain on my parade I'm gonna live and live now Get what I want, I know how One roll for the whole shebang One throw, that bell will go 
Thinking back on to uh, a couple months ago, probably half a year ago at this point, I remember seeing a tweet from you on the uh, at Choir Room Pod account that said, uh, maybe Santana made some points with her uh, Don't Rain on My Parade. Take me back to that moment. What were you thinking? I mean, I think that I was like stripping it of the veil that or the lens that I was looking through it and like the practicality of it all, which I still 100% am backing. Like there's no way that Santana would, it's just not happening. But, <laughs> um... I I think that I sort of like set that aside and just like tried to listen to her sing the song and um it's still not in the right key. She took it I, I, I think a couple steps down um because she's not Leah Michelle, but that's fine because she still delivers a really impactful performance here and I just realized watching this um that she's literally doing some of the exact same things that Rachel did at sectionals in season one, like the whole stopping by and like, you know, touching the guy in the audience and sitting on the back of the chair, Rachel did the exact same thing. And I did not notice that until, but we just got done talking about Rachel and we saw her do it. And I'm like, Oh shit. Like she's doing it like Mark for Mark, like, which is Santana making fun of Rachel or is she kind of just like having fun with it? Like, look, Rachel, like I'm here, bitch. Like, um, but yeah, so I, I look, it's a great performance. She sounds fantastic. I like, I like some of the, the, the choices that she makes vocally. Um, would she be getting the part? No. <laughs> because Fanny Bryce is not out here doing runs. Fanny Bryce is not doing any of that stuff, okay? It's just not. It's it's very it's very classic musical theater, which, look, I'm a run queen, too. I like to give it a little good run here and there, but uh, it's, some parts are just, they don't call for it, sweetie. They just don't. Yes. Um, look, I, I can't... Uh, I can't... I, 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 I planted my flag like before the, the our, our rewatch of saying that uh, the Santana version is better than the Rachel version. And over time, I've thought about it more. And I get why so many people say the opposite way. But I can't move my flag. So I got to keep it there. And uh, who cares what I have to say truly at the end of the day. So um, point being, just uh, I, I love this song or not song i love this uh the this cover i love uh santana's version of it um especially with the whole way that rachel's reacting to it in the audience is uh, a lot of fun uh you have to imagine the director was like leah just act like you normally would when santana starts singing on the show like your normal pouty self because you're not the star in the room um and it worked just fine so it uh it was all great there on on their end of things and then santana comes in dominates this performance shows the uh director and whoever else is uh watching like oh this is the person that we need in our uh in our grasp we cannot let her go uh mm-hmm. so like you said even if she's not a natural fit uh she's still getting the uh the understudy gig here and uh we will get to all of that in part four so Yep, 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 yep. There it is. Uh, Santana Lopez, Don't Rain on My Parade, comes in at number 15. And uh, we're swinging back to season one for song number 14 for some fun here. Had a party 
Mine comes in here at uh, number 14, and uh, of course, of course, this will be uh, very close to the top of the countdown. Uh, early, early season, uh, or early song, or early performance for Santana. Not uh, the most established character yet, but we still get some fun. Yeah, um, this is, uh, the <laughs> I really enjoy this. Um, I mean, if you were a child of the 90s, you heard this song everywhere. Like, it was just uh, Monica and Brandy just had this they had us like by the throat <laughs> you just could not escape this song um and naya rivera was like the reason why this song even ended up on the show because she does really really good monica impressions and, and if you're listening to the song like just go ahead and listen to monica and brandy sing it and then go ahead and listen to um naya and amber sing it and you'll see that naya is doing every single run and inflection timbre for timbre pitch for pitch word for word run for run just like Monica's doing. Um, so Ryan heard her doing really good Monica impressions, and he was like, you know what? Let's do this song. So um, I, I I just love that, that that little bit of trivia behind it, and it just makes it even more special for me. It kind of just reminds me so much of like when we were talking about um, um, doo-wop, that thing. It's just like yeah. you can just tell that these two really, they grew up listening to this stuff. It's, it's like in their blood, you yeah. know what I mean? And I talked a lot about how... Um she you know when when the character was so kind of not to say insignificant but like not a main character in season one any opportunity that she had to like be on screen and to kind of like you know she knew what the character was or or what potentially it could be and she was like you know i always wanted to amp it up even more i always wanted to turn the notch up and and, you know uh make make sure that santana stood out so she got an opportunity here she was told that they were going to do this song and she made sure to take this entire performance and tell mercedes the boy is mine like you know she went for it here uh, so definitely makes a character who is not the most uh, prominent in the season. It's like, oh, I'm paying attention to her now, even if I wasn't already. So there's, mm-hmm. I mean, you were paying attention to her. She's been, you know, I, I don't mean to diminish, uh, you know, Santana in season one. I just, you know, always go back to like uh, so many other characters were like obviously written to be so much bigger and blah, 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 blah. So that is The Boy Is Mine at uh, number 14. Three more songs to go. Like I said, three, uh, you know, a bunch of big songs here. So the next one is uh, No Different. Here is song number 13. And I feel that when I'm with you, it's alright. I know it's right. And the songbirds are singing like they And I love 
like never before oh. And I wish you But most of all, I wish it from myself. And the songbirds keep singing like they know the score. And I love you, I love you, I love you like never before. Songbird comes in at number 13. Um, a lot, a lot of Glee fans uh, love Songbird. I gotta say, just uh, being uh, fully honest, it's never been one that's stuck with me. Um, it's never been one that I think of Santana solos and I go straight to Songbird, but I feel like it is that for a lot of people, so I'm very happy that it's up here. Um, and I don't know, just like every time I rewatch it, I try to like look for more in it. I'm like, what? I don't know. Is it just me not knowing the song? I don't know what it is. Um, but I mean, as I watch it just now, I mean, I, I do see... Like, this is the first time that Santana's, like, genuinely, you know, she's already told Brittany how she feels about her and all this stuff, uh, you know, throughout season two. But the way that she does open up in this song, and you see she's, like, looking kind of shy as she's doing it. Like, she wants to say it, and she is saying it through song, but she's still kind of having a hard time getting the words out. And just the look on both of their faces is, like, Santana's really just opening up about how she feels. And Brittany's going to ask her, like, why couldn't you say that in front of everybody? And she's like, because this is hard for me. Um, but it is, you know, I, I totally get uh, all the love for it here at number 13 yeah songbird walked so that mine could run that's kind of how i feel about it mm -hmm. um it's it's such a it she it's a really good vocal performance like it's like it's uh, yeah she does a really good job just coloring this song with her voice um i think that's why it's so high up and also you know just the energy behind it and this being such a substantial moment for her because it's just her finally like letting britney know this is how i feel um, so it's just a really important moment for her character, um, for her relationship with Brittany and just, she just sounds great on top of all of that. So, um, yeah, I love it. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, so there is Songbird coming in at number 13 and, uh, glad again that, uh, people who really, really enjoy that song, um, I'm sure for a lot of people, it's probably their number ones are, are seeing it, uh, all the way up here towards the top 10. Um, so that's number 13, and uh, we're about to kick the energy up a notch for song number 12 from season four.
Number Shitty Limits coming in at number 12. And I, let me make this super quick. Uh, uh, look, this is why Santana Lopez is the best character because not all uh, the other lead characters can't do all of these different kinds of great solos that are this kind, that kind. She does everything. She can do it all. Um, and that's why Santana Lopez is the best character in this essay I have explained. Um, okay, now that I got that out of my <laughs> system. Uh, Nutbush City Limits, number 12. Yeah, no, she kills this shit. Um, uh, uh, yeah, the like I, I like listening to the other actors on the show, like Alex and Melissa, and because they talked about this, yes, and they were like, yes. they didn't, they didn't see that, you know, they're when they rehearse the number, they're just rehearsing just her and the dancers, and so like, a lot of the time when they're watching people perform, it's like sometimes it's for the first time, and I feel like. We're getting like real reactions, not from the characters, but like actually from these actors because they're like, oh shit, she is really killing this shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that last note, man, oh man, like she can get up there. Like, why did you take, why did you take, um, what's it called? Uh, don't run my parade down because obviously you have the range. <laughs> so, what are you doing? But yeah, no, she she really kills this number. It's great. It's so much fun. And uh, yeah, I think I think like literally like uh, a couple weeks ago, I heard Alex Newell talking about it. I think on the podcast he had done with uh, Becca Tobin. I think it was that podcast uh, for Lady Gang. Um, and he was just talking about like when Naya came in and did this number. It was just like, oh, my God. It was like, you know, one of the first numbers that they would got to do. Not first number, like um just, you know, still season four. So, you know, they still had plenty more time to go uh, for them. And then, uh, you know, this was just a whole lot of fun to watch. And you can see, uh, you can see, I guess, Alex in the front row out there is like, like losing his mind watching this performance. But uh, as were we all watching from home in the uh, Diva episode of season four, there is Nutbush City Limits. I know this is another song that when uh, you remember this uh, growth, look at my growth here. And uh, when we first listened to this, I was like, yeah, I don't really know. I don't really. Um, just, I was wrong. <laughs> Dead <great>. wrong. <laughs> it's so much fun. Um, so, big difference if anyone's binging all the way through and just listened to the recap for this episode where I was like, I don't know. And now I'm like, love it. Okay. Um, so, to close out the day here, song number 11, uh, just skipping out on the, or just missing out on the top 10. Uh, I guess this song kind of lines up almost too perfectly with uh, where we stopped talking about uh, in Santana's story today. So uh, let's close things out for the day uh, with uh, song number 11. It is from the quarterback. Bury me in satin, lay me down on a bed of roses, sink me in the river at dawn, send me away with the words of a love song. Oh, oh, oh. Lord, make me a rainbow, I shine down on my mother. She'll know I'm safe with you when she stands under my colors. Oh, Life ain't always what you think it ought to be, no Ain't even gray, but she buries her baby The sharp knife of a short life Well, I've had just enough did is done Oh, if I die young Bury me in satin Lay me down 
So I think I'm going to play on the, uh, as far as like the outro goes, I always play like the last song. I'm going to play like the full, you know, uh, extended version or not the extent, like the whole song. Cause obviously, uh, as far as the performance goes in the show, uh, she kind of, you know, Santana kind of stops singing cause she gets so emotional and she's not really able to go on. Um, but it's a shame. Uh, I'd say it like that, but you know, just because she does such a great job with the song. Um, and I, you know, before the Glee rewatches, you know, back when I was just listening to some songs that stood out to me, you know, back in 2015, 16, 17. Um, this was one that I just always dr was drawn to because I like this. I, I think it's a good song and I think she did a great job with it. So it's just one that I did kind of always sing in the car and not jam it out to this song by any means, but um, I enjoyed it. Um, of course, yeah, it's taken on a bit of a different meaning and, and I don't know, my relationship with it has certainly changed um, since then. Uh, I got to say, I guess for me, if anyone, uh, you know, cares where I'm at with the song, I, it's kind of changed into this bit of like, comfort for me uh in a weird way just because the lyrics of the song you know uh shine down on my mother uh, you know she'll know i'm safe with you when she stands under my colors like i'm not the most religious person um and there's like a wide variety of different faiths out there that you know you believe you don't believe in this that whatever um but just like some of the lyrics that that she's singing in this song um have have just like you know in the past year kind of made me feel a different kind of way than you know than than maybe necessarily being like oh now I just can't listen to it anymore so I still get something out of this performance even if it's a little bit you know different um, I know a lot of people don't love revisiting this one um, but it does land here at number eleven um, so there it is anything from you yeah um, I don't really have much to say about this song other than that she sounds great um, it's a beautiful cover um, I don't really like I don't return to the song at all I don't really I just I'm not a big fan of coming back to it um, right especially considering what happened this past year. So it's wonderful, and I certainly understand that why it's up here. I think that it should be up here. But I don't have really much anything else to say other than that. Mm -hmm. um, so, again, it uh, kind of lines up uh, almost too perfectly, uh, if that's the way to put it. Uh, well, that's where we stopped talking for the day. I just can't believe y'all put fucking Trotty Mouth in the top ten. <laughs> and uh, with that said, with uh, If I Die Young coming in at number 11, it does mean Trotty Mouth has found its way to the top ten. Uh, who who could have been surprised? <laughs> I mean, I, I I don't know why I'm surprised. I, I don't know why I thought that the audience would have given that anything other than a five. So, I mean, it makes sense. I just felt like maybe there'd be some like people out there be like, no, we can't put it. You know what I mean? Because this is a silly song, but... It's an iconic song nonetheless, so I'll take it. I'm happy. I can't wait to see just how high up it is. We will get to Trouty Mouth uh, when we get there in part four. But that's it for today. That is it for uh, part four, uh, part three, I'm sorry, part three of our uh, Santana Lopez coverage. Uh, let everybody know uh, where they can find us while I pull up a recent review. You can follow us on uh, TikTok and Twitter at Choir Room Pod. Follow us individually. I'm Adam on Atwin. Matt's at Matt Ligori. Leave us star ratings and reviews wherever you get your podcasts. We'll read them out on the show, just like the one we're about to read now. From Queer Gleek 12, uh, who said, Great podcast. I loved Glee, and now I love this podcast. Uh, my favorite character is Santana, and you're getting review read on the Santana podcast. Look at that. Uh, and I don't like Rachel or Finn. Okay. Um <laughs> 
I'm with you on Rachel. Uh, I listen to this in the car all the time. So shout out to Queer uh, Queer Gleek Twelve for that lovely review. We also got an email that uh, both of us got a chance to read uh, today from um, Alicia. Uh, I don't need to say last name uh, from from Alicia, uh, who just sent us a really nice long email about just uh, being a huge fan of the podcast, and uh, is, uh, she's kind of going through the whole thing now. Uh, she said, "I've been wanting to write in my praises for a while, but I didn't have much to say other than gushing over how much I love." Glee in the choir room, but uh, she she got to a part in uh, our season six uh, episode two coverage of just a moment that uh, gave her a really good laugh, and uh, she's like, I've gone back five times, re-listened to it, uh, so just really wanted to give uh, praises and thank us for a super fun podcast, one of her main sources of entertainment as she recovers from a recent breakup, going through a big transition period, having just graduated from college, and you deserve to know how you've affected individual people, and it just warms our hearts to uh, read anything like that, and and hear that from anybody out there as we uh, work our way towards the end of these character studies and people that are going into the beginning of the podcast, whether you're following along with us all the way to the end here, it just really feels good to know that you guys are still listening, still enjoying. So we love you guys too. Yes. Thank you so much um, for all those kind words. I read that email earlier this morning and it really put a smile on my face. So I really appreciate it. Um, and yeah, we're, we're, we're still kicking. We've got a few more things up our sleeves. So I'm glad that you guys are enjoying it. Over yes, a year now. Can't believe it. Crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Uh, so, thank you guys for checking out part three of the Santana Lopez character study. Plenty more to come in the final part. But that's it for today. All right, guys. Until next time, we will glee you later.